Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I'm here with Joanne Chudy and she is on the other side of the studio, keeping her fair distance. <laughs> and uh, we will be interrupted when uh, Prime Minister Trudeau comes on here. So um, just uh, we'll be back after that. But right now we're, we're going to stay on air until uh, till he arrives and I'll uh, be updating this with uh, the Corona update unfortunately it's uh it's what we're it's reality right now and uh yeah and we're trying to do what we can in the garden center business and i know a lot of the garden centers here in town we're all trying to set up our online stores as fast as possible yep keep people supplied and not having to leave their homes well it's going to be important um people if we get uh isolated which we all should be um, um it's nice to have something to do yeah, and this will pass at some point, and we will be outside gardening. So the things that we're planning now, we, you know, we, yeah. it is kind of Whenever, it is time sensitive a bit to get your gardens going in in southern Alberta. You know, it's time to look at it. Absolutely, we want to start your tomatoes. But whenever anybody says this, this too will pass. It always reminds me of uh, our good friend Frank Carey, who was with yeah. me. We partnered up, and yeah. I worked with his son Pat. Um, Great in family. our business, Everyone absolutely there. no, and uh, this too shall pass, right? And yeah. and it always seems we have crises that we go through, and as Canadians, we're a strong bunch, and uh, this too will pass, and it we'll get through this together. Like we're we're together in but this, and it's it'll... and I'm I was a little peeved a couple of weeks ago. I'll be honest, um, my sons are, and I'm the coach of the hockey and some mm-hmm. other stuff, and got canceled in football, yeah, and then my daughter's school, All and the, my son. The last the the parties and the the graduations and that. Yes, it's, tough. Yeah. it's it. Yeah. So, but now you realize that when you yeah. see all the other stuff going on around the world, it's very. So, what we're doing at the store too, we're limiting to the amount of people, um, ten people at a time in the store. Mm-hmm. We clean every transaction. We're not mm-hmm. accepting money, mm-hmm. um, keeping the distance away. Delivering, um, I heard. Actually, that, yeah. yeah, we do free delivery as well. Um, curbside pickup if you want to phone in. Um, so just trying to do everything we can mm-hmm. um, because gardening will be a big part of us because uh, some of us will need some food and you can mm-hmm. grow some tomatoes. And actually, we got a first text in here already. Yeah. It just says, Beautiful good morning. Siblings. What does it say here? It says, Merle, my first time starting tomatoes from seed. I need to know, I, I, from seed, I, I know I need to pinch, but not sure how much. Actually, tomatoes, you don't really need to pinch, per se. Once they get up about six inches, and you got them in some grower pots right now, or, or cups of some sort growing, once they get about four to six inches long, I would take them and I'd move them into a eight-inch pot, six or eight-inch pot, and I would... You just take off the bottom two thirds of the leaves and you bury it two thirds down into into a deeper pot and then it'll push right up from there. Depending on what variety there is, ones that you can do um, where you can obviously pinch off a bunch of new growth. And- yeah, I, I see these. Um, it's a great photo. Thank you, listener, for sending in the image. I can. You do need to pinch. Um, there's there's a couple different ideas around pinching. One is that uh, you can let those. When you put uh, when you're seeding and you put multiple seeds in to make sure your germination is good and you don't end up with an empty pot, usually we'll all put two or three seeds in one pot and then you'll have to pinch out the 
a couple so that you end up with the strongest one. You do have a couple um, cups there. You know, sometimes we'll get both seeds or all three seeds will germinate. And in this case, if they're far enough apart, you could actually, as Merle said, let them grow a bit more and then tease them apart when you transplant them so that you end up with double the amount. And those come across, yeah. those come apart fairly easy. Yeah. So just turn your cup upside down. And then you just break apart the roots just gently, and then they'll peel apart. We used to call this pricking out, so we'd mm-hmm. have big seed trays full of of all the seedlings, and we had, and there was no derogatory. They were just called the prick out girls. We had a crew. We had a little mobile trailer system that worked around when when I was the grower at Sunnyside, yeah. and we just <laughs> moved the crew, the planting crew, all around. And it's delicate work, but once is. you get good at it, you can really um, be pretty efficient. Yeah, you just got to be gentle. Like yes. that time yeah. with the roots, um, pull them apart gently. But these look healthy, and if you're buying good quality tomato seeds. Um, Usually you're, you're getting really good germination on them. And as mm-hmm. you did here, it looks like in the picture, you got great germination. But again, just let them get about this so they don't get lanky. And that's the biggest thing is if you, when you transplant them back into a deeper pot, all those little root hairs that you see on the little stem, on the main stem, those just start and you'll just get massive amounts of roots and this creates a super strong root system to support that. And where you see tomatoes that are big and floppy, they just haven't been transplanted um, on the first time. And this week, I'm going to be doing um, a bunch of how-to videos, planting bulbs, planting seeds, transplanting tropical plants. So you'll be able to see me in person on Facebook nice. and stuff like that. I'm going to try and just do some how-to. I know we try to explain everything as best we can here. Yeah. But we're going to do some social media instructions. And again, uh, just thanks to our team back at the store. Um, working very hard, getting all our pictures, and we're going to have everything up on a website on our online store will be set up. So you can just sit there and click like Amazon and uh, nice. <laughs> we'll deliver it <laughs> What a free. great reference, right, to have those videos available. You can go back, you can pause it and work through on your own, or you can go back and rewatch. I know I do that a lot. Absolutely. Um, I'm taking the time lately to... You know, normally we don't have this free time to research things or really get into things. We say put it off for another time when we're not busy. And here we are all not busy. So, yeah, I'm doing that right now as well. Just going yeah. through YouTube. I'm look even looking back in books, reading them front to back. You know, I don't often get a chance to do that. Get out my old gardening books and, and really dig in and uh, read for fun instead of, you know, to just quickly learn something and then apply it. It's nice to just sit with a cup of tea and take the time to absolutely soak it in. And if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And we'd be love to take your calls. And those are the talk and text as well. Um, so you can send us any texts that are coming and uh, or you can send us a text if you'd like. And uh, we'd be love to answer it, see your pictures as we did earlier with that uh the pictures of the tomatoes. So you and I, we exchanged a couple emails this past week, Joanna. Yeah. And we were talking um, just through uh, through email and obviously on the phone and stuff like that yeah. about uh, seeding and, yep. and gardening and some activities. This is the time of year to do that. It and is. It, nothing's more hopeful than getting a seed in the soil and checking on it every day. It gives you a... Gives you kind of a routine. You can wake up and with some excitement, tiptoe down and see if anything's germinated or how they're doing, um, what the next step is. I'm following a guy, and we're going to do a bit of this. Um, 
he's growing full root vegetables in those seed pod trays. Mm-hmm. So it, the root ball just stays in that two inch by two inch, but it produces the the beet or the turnip or the carrot okay. all above the the seed tray. So we're going to start those. I'm going to post a bunch of pictures this week. So keep an eye on that. Um, just on our website, that spruce it up garden center dot com, or uh, and then we'll figure that out. And here we have a, a picture, actually a text all the way. Graham Bond and if he, he he was working with in this in the media, lots of pictures and stuff. He just sent us a, a text from Ottawa. Hello from Ottawa. Japanese beetle problem. I'm not sure it's a problem there in Calgary. Though the trees that seem to be affected are the Japanese kachura and the weeping karagana. There seems to be two theories about to treat this, whether it be spraying the trees down with soap and water or putting a powder in the soil. Are they killing the eggs? Are you familiar with that one? No. Much from that down east at all? Um, no, not really. Uh, I know there are Katsura trees in Zone 5 area, um, but I've never noticed a problem with them. And then for us here, weeping Karaganas, as far as I've known... We haven't had the beetle. Yeah, no problems yet. They're pretty bulletproof, Those any the, variety of Karagana Yeah, here. the only thing we get from them is more of a root rot, or I think a weevil gets in there, yeah, and they ca- sometimes um, get at the root system. But Graham, I think what I would do is look at... Um, and I guess we don't have that problem here in Calgary, so I'm not sure what's available out there and uh, in the in the garden centers there. But if you're near Ottawa, there's I know there's a lot of independent garden centers out that way. Um, and uh, if you're near, I don't know how <laughs> London's quite a ways away from Ottawa, isn't it? London, Ontario. Um, yeah, I don't know if you'd want to drive out. There probably yeah. people okay. aren't leaving. I'm town. sorry, I hate All to right. interrupt the Let's Talk Gardening discussion. It will continue after we hear from Canada's Prime Minister. Uh, let's take you to Ottawa right now. Several weeks that health experts ask Canadians to help them slow down the spread of the pandemic. Stay home. Restrict your traveling and do not meet in great groups. So I'd like to thank all the people who follow the directions and we must all do our part. We all make sacrifices to protect not only our health but also other people's health. And um, this is what people do and this is, it is reassuring, but we have to continue working overtime to keep us safe and keep the country moving. Hospital staff, border agents, store clerks, cashiers, postal workers, delivery folks, pharmacists, cleaning staff, first responders, truck drivers, train conductors, and so many others. They've been working every day so we can work from home and practice social distancing. Thank you for being there for us. Know that all Canadians are grateful for your service. I know that many of you are worried about what might happen next. You're wondering how long this is going to last. And your savings. You're worried about your kids not being in school. And we get it. These are uncertain times and families across the country are concerned. That's why this week we took important steps to support Canadians, protect jobs, and limit the spread of the virus. We unveiled an $82 billion plan to help people and businesses who've fallen on hard times because of COVID-19. 
As part of this plan, we want to boost the Canada Child Benefit, introduce new benefits to help people who don't qualify for employment insurance, and supplement the GST credit, amongst many other things. Our government also announced new funding for research and a new strategy to mobilize industry to fight COVID-19. After conversations with our colleagues on the other side of the aisle, I can now confirm that the House of Commons will be recalled on Tuesday at noon so we can pass emergency legislation that will put our plan into motion. On that note, I want to thank the House leaders for their cooperation and the members of the opposition for their efforts as we work together to slow the spread of this virus. I know that together we can protect Canadians, save jobs and set the groundwork for our economy to rebound after this crisis. On top of our economic strategy, we have announced new restrictions for traveling and we have temporarily closed our borders to international travelers. We have also made an agreement with the United States to prohibit non-essential movements between our two countries. And we are encouraging Canadians who are abroad to come home. Uh, but many people are in difficulties to find a flight to fly back to Canada and yesterday announced that our government would be working with Canadian airlines for the purpose of making this easier for Canadians to come back home and the first flight from Morocco with Air Canada has arrived last night and other flights will be added and WestJet has announced that from Monday to Wednesday more than 30 flights are planned for the purpose of taking Canadians back home Air Transat is working at the moment with the world affairs, um, global affairs, for the, you know, in order to plan flights where the airspace is closed and thousands of people might be brought back over the next few days. And, and when there's are spots left on Sunwing, the flight is free for people who need it. Find more details on what we've announced so far on the government website at Canada.ca. And since there's more support coming this week, that's where you'll find all the information you need and the help you deserve. We're facing an uh, 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 unknown situation without precedent. And if you cannot talk with somebody or if you're abroad and you cannot find a flight, uh, well, this is, uh, of course, uh, created triggering anxiety. I can assure you the whole of our civil service is working 24-7 to provide you the help that you deserve. And from the beginning, we told you that would be we will have your backs and, and that we told you that the government would spare no effort to support you. We went through several important steps over the last few weeks, but work continues and we won't let you, let you down and you can count on us. I want to thank you all for helping us slow the spread of COVID-19. To those of you who usually spend your Sundays in a place of worship, thank you for staying home today. I know it's not easy but it is deeply appreciated. And to all the kids out there, all of a sudden you've heard you can't go on playdates or have sleepovers. Your playgrounds and schools have closed and your March break was certainly different than what you'd hoped for. I get it from my kids as well. They're watching, watching a whole lot more movies, uh, but they miss their friends. 
uh, and at the same time, they're worried about what's going on out there in the world and what... I know this is a big change, but we have to do this for ourselves, but for our grandparents, our nurses, our doctors, and everyone working at our hospitals. And you kids are helping a lot. The doctors and scientists have been clear that social distancing, which means staying at least two meters apart and staying home as much as possible, is the best way to help each other. And you're having to wash your hands a lot. So a special thanks to all you kids. Thank you for helping your parents work from home, for sacrificing your usual day, for doing math class around the kitchen table, and for trusting in science. We're going to have more to say to you soon, so stay tuned. In the meantime, let's make sure we all do our part. Let's fight this together. Merci beaucoup tout le monde. Thank you, everybody. I'll be glad to answer your questions. Libre from Radio Canada, CBC. On social media, we see tons of pictures with many, many people crowding the spaces, and they do not seem to be worried about social distancing. So what is your message to these people? And what is the threshold for your government to intervene and, and use coercion? Answer. Well, to everybody, I'm saying stay home, practice social distancing. This is essential uh, in order to, to slow down the spread of the virus and also to help uh, our fellow citizens and also to protect most of all the people who are working in our health systems. Each and everybody has the ability to slow down the spread and to flatten the curve and protect our communities, and we must do it. So we're making, taking steps uh, federally, provinces are making the necessary provisions, and we do cooperate for the purpose to do whatever is necessary and will be necessary. But in the, for the, the time, we wanted to encourage people to stay home and uh, help our country to go through the crisis. In English, please. I recognize that millions of Canadians are practicing social distancing, are uh, choosing to stay home, are looking for ways to keep uh, two meters apart from each other, and taking this very seriously. That's great because this is a situation in which individual Canadians behaving responsibly will help themselves, help their neighbors, and mostly protect our healthcare workers. This is something we need to do together. We are, of course, continuing to work very closely with, uh, uh, with uh, all provinces, uh, with different orders of government, uh, to make sure that people are uh, understanding what they need to do and doing it. Uh, we will continue to look at possible next steps that may become necessary, but for now we are uh, telling people, stay home engage in social distancing, protect yourselves, protect our system, and let's get through this strongly as a country. Le beau temps commence à peine. Les gens vont être de plus en plus tentés de se rassembler, de sortir. So, fine weather is starting, and people are starting to go out. Isn't, wouldn't be, would it be reasonable to use the war measures, uh, the emergency measures act, in order to have people stay at home? Answer, I understand uh, the desire people may have 
to go out, and they may they may go out, but they should keep their distance and they should avoid crowding and they should avoid um, meeting in um, congregations. And uh, we, on uh, as far as we're concerned, are doing our utmost to guarantee people security and safety and safety, and 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 we're working with the provinces. And if ne other necessary steps are to be taken, we will take them. Encouraging people to stay home and to social distance is not enough. There is mounting evidence of social media, pictures of people packing onto beaches in Vancouver, for example. Why not invoke something stricter like the Emergencies Act? Um, why not, you know, restrict people's civil, civil liberties to protect their health? There are many things that are being done and can be done at the local level, at the municipal level, uh, and at the provincial level. Uh, the Federal Emergencies Act uh, is a significant step that uh, can and should be taken when we've exhausted all other steps at other orders of government and the legislation and regulations available to the federal government do not respond uh, or are insufficient to respond to the situation at hand. We continue to work very closely. Uh, with provinces, uh, with other jurisdictions, to make sure that they are able to do the things that need to be done. And we will continue to look at uh, if it's necessary uh, to move forward with the Emergencies Act. Your party put, took down a public appeal that used the COVID crisis to fundraise for the Liberal Party. Why was that taken down and what did you do about it? Uh, I can't speak for, uh, for, for that decision. I'm, I, obviously, this is a situation in which Canadians need to pull together. Uh, we need to be there to support each other. Uh, we need to make sure we're using all different methods to connect and pass important messages to Canadians on how to stay safe and how to make sure that we are, uh, that we are proper uh, protecting ourselves, our communities, and protecting healthcare workers. Uh, I know that everyone needs to use whatever uh, methods of communications they have, uh, but uh, it's not a situation for fundraising. Hi, it's Annie Bergeron-Oliver with CTV National News. Companies across Canada have said that they're willing and able to retool their production lines and to ramp up production, but they say that they need assurances from the federal government. Will your government guarantee that it will buy supplies like masks and ventilators if companies start producing them immediately? That is very much part of our industrial strategy that we just announced to get uh, companies across the country to manufacture essential equipment, whether it's ventilators or masks or gowns. Uh, we've had already a tremendous positive response uh, from companies. It uh, both creates things that we need in Canada and that uh, will be necessary elsewhere around the world, uh, as well as keeping Canadians uh, at work in factories uh, contributing to uh, our economic activity. These are things that we're going to continue to do and uh, we can assure companies that produce these things that uh, we need them and we will use them. So is that a yes that companies that are producing them immediately will have their purchases, their products purchased? And two, are you considering any incentives to keep people home? Uh we are looking at ways of ensuring that people uh, can stay home by uh, sending uh, EI supports to people who don't normally qualify for them, income replacements that'll make sure that people don't uh, face a choice between having to uh, go out there and work in order to feed their family uh, and possibly put, uh, put their neighbours and themselves at risk. Uh, we want to be able to be able to choose home.
So Brian Mullen at Global News. Um, I have a question about economic aid for Canadians. Denmark has a very aggressive plan, paying about 75% of people's salaries to avoid mass layoffs and let them keep their jobs and encourage them to stay home, basically freezing their economy in the hopes it'll eventually thaw out with less damage in the long run. Did your government consider this option and rule it out? Uh, we have not ruled out anything. As I said, we uh, put forward a significant package of $27 billion directly into the economy to support workers, to support small businesses, but that was only the initial phase of what is necessary. We are continuing to talk about next steps, looking at best practices from around the world, looking what other countries and jurisdictions are doing to ensure that our economy remains solid if at a standstill so that it can pick up again uh, once this crisis is through. And a question about personal protective equipment, not just for frontline hospital staff, but for other essential workers. Once the virus ramps up, people will burn through it fast. Do we have what we need now? Are you bringing in shipments right now from other countries, including China? Uh, we are confident in our capacity to ramp up to provide protective equipment for uh, frontline hospital staff and others who need it uh, so importantly. Uh, this is something that Canada has been uh, working towards for a while now. We will uh, ensure uh, that the equipment is available for those who need it right across the country. Uh, good morning, Prime Minister Trudeau. Uh, Sean Silikoff at the Globe and Mail. I hope your family's uh, doing well, as well as can be in the circumstances like every other uh, person in Canada. Uh, just picking up on my colleague's question about freezing the economy, this seems to be a fairly significant move by a number of countries. Um, uh, can you share with us your views uh, and your government's views about taking this approach? I've talked this morning to several business leaders, uh, including Goldie Hyder, um, uh, and uh, they're all concerned that uh, this economy will go into a tailspin, and they think it would be better to push money um, from the government through them to their employees rather than seeing another week of 500,000 or a million Canadians applying to EI and overwhelming your government's resources to practice, uh, to, to process those applications, and then again to fill in more paperwork to uh, apply for their jobs back. Can you tell us a little bit more, maybe go into more detail about your thinking about this approach? Because it seems to be uh, the thought leadership that's, uh, that everyone is looking at in the last couple of days. We've been listening and speaking with uh, business leaders in this country, uh, top employers, small business groups, representatives right across the country to hear their ideas on how to move forward. We've been listening to opposition leaders who are making different suggestions as well. I can tell you that nothing is off the table, but I can also tell you that there is no one measure that is going to be sufficient to get us through this situation. We are going to need to bring in many different measures that have different impacts on employers, on employees, on workers, on families, on vulnerable Canadians, on uh, Canadians of all sorts of different uh, challenges and, and, and situations in order to be able to hold strong through this time of uh, economic uh, stoppage uh, to have, of so much activity so that we can then, as we are through this, pick up uh, without uh, having lost too much or anything and uh, without too much delay. Uh, yes, uh, it is obvious that companies that are able to keep people on the payroll longer uh, will find it easier and not have to rehire later. And that is certainly something that we are looking at. It's something we've taken steps already towards with the payroll uh, credit. Uh, but there is more to do. And these are the things that we're absolutely looking at. But like I said, there is no one silver bullet. It is going to be many, many different measures brought together in the most efficient way uh, that will help us do this.
And uh, what guidance can you provide Canadians and uh, employers about how long the current maximum containment phase will last before we can shift gears to a more targeted containment where most people can return to work? Will it be weeks, months, or several quarters? Uh, that is a question for scientists. Obviously, we are taking the best advice from uh, top researchers around the world. We're looking at uh, the track of the spread of the disease uh, in China, in places like South Korea, uh, in places like Taiwan and Singapore, uh, looking at uh, the challenges facing Europe, and particularly Italy right now, and uh, trying to make sure that we are taking the best possible decisions here in Canada. Uh, we know that uh, self self-isolation and social distancing is going to be extremely important in the coming weeks. We're going to have to maintain it. We also know that uh, testing on a much larger scale is going to be very important, which is why we're testing, ramping up the amount of tests done by tens of thousands every single day. We will continue uh, to look to do exactly what we need to do in the time it takes. I wish, uh, I wish anyone could give a date at which point this will all be behind us, uh, but that really depends not just on what we do today, but what we keep doing tomorrow and into next week and into next month. And that's why we all need to be working together to get through this, as I know Canadians will. Thank you. We'll now go to the phone for a few questions. If uh, you'll have one question and a quick follow-up. Moderator. Thank you. Merci. The next question is from Raymond Fillon. The next question is from Raymond Fillon. Your line is open. Votre ligne est ouverte. Raymond Fillon, please go ahead. Mute, Ray. Hello, Prime Minister. To follow up on my colleague's question, doctors, business people are asking you for more stringent or even more coercive measures to make sure people stay at home. Why do you believe it is not yet time to order people to stay home and just not to travel or to go out? We know that provincially and municipally, there are measures that can be put in place to measure people's uh, movements. For the federal government to take that step, that would take circumstances where we've really gone beyond anything that can be done by the municipality and by the province. An emergency measure at the federal level to exercise those powers, we are not there yet, but we are watching and monitoring the situation carefully to see if that ever becomes necessary. Merci. Thank you. La prochaine question est de Guillaume Saint-Pierre du Journal de Montréal. Your line is open. Guillaume Saint-Pierre, Journal de Montréal. Please go ahead. Good morning, Mr. Trudeau. You talked about an airlift uh, for Peru and Spain. When will those flights leave to bring back uh, Canadians who are in those countries? I can assure you that Global Affairs Canada is working directly with governments, not only in Peru and elsewhere, but around the world. They're working to ensure that we can land at uh, the airports we need, that we can both land and take off. Airspaces are closed, so we need uh, authorization, and we believe that we will uh, be able to have those flights soon. There are a large number of Canadians waiting for those flights, and we're working very hard to bring them home as quickly as we can. It will take some 
a bit more patience, however. So is this a matter of days or a week? It's a matter of days. We hope. Yesterday, you said also that you were sorry to say that some Canadians would not be able to come home. What will you say to Canadians who may be stuck in Peru, for example, because they're ill and they can't come home and may have to find care in places that are somewhat less advanced, medical facilities that are less advanced? What do you tell their families? First of all, as I said, at any given time, three million Canadians are outside the country, and not everyone will be able to or will even want to come back. What we're telling people who have no choice but to remain where they are, to um, make sure they self-isolate, to be very careful please register on the website at uh, travel.gc.ca. We will do everything we can. We're providing funding to help people who have to remain where they are. But this is an unprecedented situation, and we don't always have the means to help everyone as much as we would wish. But we will try to help as many people as possible, and that is what uh, Global Affairs Canada is trying to achieve as it works with airlines and others, to bring back as many Canadians as possible. Thank you. Merci. La dernière question est de, the last question, the last is question. from Rooters, Ottawa. What can you do Your line is open. David, you might be on mute as well. Good grief. And there I was sending a tweet mocking another colleague for having done uh, There you go. It's, it's, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay. You, you're live now, David, so you can ask your question. Thank you, Kelly. Um, you, you talked about the next weeks of social isolation, but Paddy Haidu, your health minister, made clear yesterday that we're talking about months, not weeks. Now, this is surely the need to keep the economy from freezing over months rather than weeks surely means, as my other colleagues have asked you, that you're going to have to boost your your, your, your reaction. The, the fiscal stimulus plan is going to have to be much bigger than the $27 billion you've announced. Yes, as we've said, uh, what we announced this past week, the $27 billion uh, directly into the economy, uh, the $55 billion in uh, deferred taxes, uh, these are only a very first step. Uh, we're looking now at what those next steps are to ensure that our economy uh, is able to pick up against once we're through this, uh, whether it takes weeks or months, it is likely to take months uh, before we're fully through this. That's why supporting directly to Canadians, support directly to small businesses, to large businesses, to industry, uh, to various sectors that will be much harder hit. These are things we are busy looking at in order so that once we move through this, we are able uh, to get back to where we were before as quickly as possible. Great, thank you. We recognize that uh, what we announced last week, the $27 billion in direct support and the $55 billion in deferred taxes, 
that is going to help, but that is only a first step. We realize we will have to take many other measures, be it uh, direct measures for small businesses, industries, workers, sectors. We know that the overall goal is to get through this crisis, this extreme economic slowdown, and then revitalize the economy quickly afterwards. It's going to be difficult. It is going to require many different solutions and a collective effort, but we will do what we need to do and we will come through this together as Canadians. Thank you, everyone. Have a good Sunday. You have been listening to live coverage of uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's address to the nation regarding the latest on what Ottawa is doing to battle the COVID-19 pandemic. Basically, he suggested that it will be several more weeks of uh, self-isolation and uh, social distancing. He urged Canadians to stay home and limit travel. He also made a point to uh, thank uh, hospital staff, border agents, truck drivers, pharmacists, uh, first responders, uh, postal workers, and grocery store staff for doing what they're doing to keep the Canadian economy going. He also addressed the uh, worry that uh, a lot of people have about how long this might last and uh, what kind of impact it will have them on them economically. He said, hey, this past week... We released a package worth $82 billion, $27 billion in cash to Canadians and another $55 billion in deferred taxes. He also repeated that the government is working strong with industry right now to mobilize, to uh, generate more products to help battle the COVID-19 pandemic. Surgical masks, ventilators, those kind of things. He also announced the big announcement this morning is the House will be recalled on Tuesday at noon to pass the legislation needed to get that money flowing. He also announced restrictions for tra- travelers continues with the closure of the uh, border between Canada and the U.S. International travelers can still come home. Uh, he mentioned that there's some 3 million Canadians uh, that are away from Canada at any given time. They're not going to be able to bring everybody home. They're going to get home as many as they can. Another 30 flights will happen over the next couple of days. He also said if you want more information, go to the government website, Canada.ca. He also thanked people for uh, doing their part. Uh, to uh, stop the spread of COVID-19, pointing to the fact that uh, places of worship, where lots of places where people go on a Sunday morning, they are closed right now. He also gave a shout-out to children, saying, hey, you need to do your part as well to help us emerge from this health crisis. He basically said, hey, we all need to do our part. This is something we need to fight together. And he was also pressed on the question of, when will the government act to rein in people that are maybe not observing social distancing, or self-isolation. He basically said they do have the Emergency Measures Act, but now is not the time to use it. He is relying on the provinces to uh, institute those kind of limitations on Canadians. But again, if they have to, Ottawa will look at that. So that, in a nutshell, is what the uh, Prime Minister announced this morning during a live broadcast that you heard right here on the Chorus Radio Network. And when news breaks, you will hear it first on 770 CHQR. And for more, go to globalnews.ca. In a moment, we'll be back to regular programming, namely, Let's Talk Gardening. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Prune It Up, Calgary's trusted ISA certified tree care company. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And Mark from Prune It Up is going to give us a shout in a bit. And uh, we're going to chat about uh, pruning trees. Um, they're one profession where we're actually fairly fortunate. They can, uh, they're out uh, 
They're pretty they, isolated. Yeah, no, they, yeah, they climbing they separate, up a tree on yeah, their own. They separate in the yeah. yard. They they do their thing. So they're because um, we are coming up to the end of the month here, where you only have till then to do your elm trees, elm trees. Yep. any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, they have a different kind of virus that affects them, and that's the Dutch elm disease. Yeah, yeah. Which is is if you're in the horticultural world, that is a very important thing to contain. Um, Absolutely, those are our big, beautiful boulevard trees in our older neighborhoods. And nothing beats a beautiful, mature elm. To see them come down is a, is a big sadness. It, it, it is. Yeah. It, 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 they need a lot of care. And it, um, I think part of it, uh, I guess I've been a little bit frustrated, is when I see them improperly planted. And, and unfortunately, in the middle of Memorial Drive is one spot where they come so close together, it just yeah. weakens them. Yeah. But that brings in disease and, and a lot of that other stuff. So we just... If you, un- if you have unhealthy trees in your yard or and things like that, you're, you're better to remove them because it does, it just, it, that's where the pests, they attack the weak, right? Yep. And it's, and, and not, not to refer back to this all the time, but it's similar to, to the viruses that Any affect us thing, people. Right? Yeah, we yeah. got to keep, keep healthy, keep your trees nice and healthy. And uh, I'm going to try and focus on some good stuff, some, some things that we can do um, in your yard or in the house right now. Um, it's a great time if you have you look at your house plants and maybe you've neglected them. Yeah, that can happen. And they're looking at you. Hey, <laughs> you're home. How about giving me? Some... Not used to seeing you all the time. Yeah. plants could think. How about giving me a little bit of fresh soil? So it's a good time to to groom your plants, clean the dust off, put some new soil in them, and mm. and maybe repot them. Repot them. Yep. I have even been um, toying with my succulents, so I just. I know it's been a fad for a long time now, but I just love my succulent planters. So picking off leaves here and there, dividing things, um, starting new new little planters. I you know, I always have projects on the go and again I don't always have the time to get to them. So now is the time. And I'm lining up all my windowsills with new plants, things that make me happy when I look at them. Um, my kids are helping me. You know, I'm using up things I've been hanging on to for a long time, getting new potting soil, getting new sand. Yeah, I did that. Uh, I brought home a, a, a new plant stand. I was just, when I see them, you see them a fair bit on Instagram and a lot of the house plant sites and things like that. So I have lots of house plants on table. So I brought them on a real nice plant stand and, and, and put some in, put them in the nice bright window. We've got a big text here, a longer text. Hi, I'm looking for help with what decision on what trees to pl- replace this very old dying shelter belt stand of cottonwoods. We're planning on removing half of them this year and finish the rest in a few years. We'll miss the protection from the winds out here. We're 45 minutes north of Calgary. Mm, We're yeah. thinking of Northwest Poplar. And a person sub- suggested lodgepole pine, saying the, the Scots pine uh, bolt later, leaving bottoms bare. But lodgepole, I, I think I'd mainly st- myself. Even mountain pine would be a good option there. Yeah, those really would be pushy. good. Um, in the shelter belt, though, really, I'd try to focus a bit more on um, there's some really good, dis- like regular. Um, the aspens, mm-hmm. the byland poplar is a good one. Tristus we, poplar, Tristus, yep, those are good. But you, you do it in layers. But you got to do a row of those, and then I do a row of, of lilac or something like that. Yeah. Those really help. And then the one closest to the house or to your a little more visuals, that's where you could put your line of spruce trees in mm-hmm. the front. Think like the wind. It's just like when we. Um, I think of the prevailing wind coming in at you. You want it to kind of slope up from your shrubs up to the over those poplars and then away and off 
like yeah. over your house and over your property. So you have to kind of give it that sort of like ski jump structure of your we, shelter belt. We've done a few of these. We did a really nice one just on the north end of Calgary, actually. And I think we planted 200 of the Bylands poplar for for a gentleman out there along his driveway. They're just, they're awesome. And it gives you that instant. They're nice and healthy. They go nice and big. So that's one I would look at doing. So just give me a shout too, and uh, we'd love to help you out with that and uh, get our planting crew out there. Let's go. Actually, do we need to take a break, Gord, at 50? Yep. All right. need to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Actually, I'm going to go to Shirley, and we're going to talk succulents really quick. Good morning, Shirley. Good morning. How can we help you? Well, I have a succulent, and it's got a long stem with flowers on the end of it. I had no idea they actually bloom. Yes. I don't know what to do with it. Do I clip it off or yeah, just, wait till it's in, finished? Yeah, or? wait till it's finished. Enjoy the bloom. Most of your plants will bloom at, at one time. Succulents bloom a little less often, but this is typically when they will bloom. Um, I, I know we got a couple at the store. I know one at home. I have a long, like a burrow's tail. You'll see, and then they get a long sting. Usually they're a yellow flower on, on a lot of those succulents, or yellow or white. What color? Mine's white. Yeah. So that, those are the two typical colors. You'll get some of the really prickly cactus. You'll get some of those really nice pinks and uh, and yellows and uh, some brighter colors going. I know, again, at this time of year, it, we, I, I was pulling them down off the top shelf yesterday in the greenhouse, some of the cactus, because they're all starting to bloom right now. So it's just uh, that time of year for them. So, yeah, just enjoy it when it's done. Just cut it off. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, well, it just keeps growing. Like, I wonder if I have to stake it. It's 17 inches long now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you like, or if it's one, if it's a second that dangles down, um, it, it should be able to support itself because typically it's not a big, heavy bloom. And, no, uh, it's, it's very, they're very tiny. Yeah, yeah, just leave it, enjoy it, and then when it's done, cut it off. Okay, thank you so very much. Awesome, thanks, Shirley. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I'm here with Joanna Judy. I was just texting with Brad Duck at the store. But right now I'm just going to go down to High River. We'll get an update from Mary and see what's going on down there. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, you two. Good morning, Mary. Hi, Joanna. Hello. Uh, I'm making out wonderful. I need to thank you for making my Sunday morning so special. Yeah, we're glad we can still be here. (laughs) Anyway... I want to tell you, I'll be in Merle to get all my seeds, but not till this junk is over. But, you know, it's not ready. I'm not ready to plant Yeah, I know. It's still yet. a bit early. I am tomorrow. <laughs> I we, wish. Yeah, when we are doing, like, we're doing home deliveries yeah. and things like that. No, so you f- don't need to do that. I like to come in. No, but I But I'm going to wait till this is over. I'm filling my days with going through my cupboards and... Eating all the best before days, so I don't <laughs> have to. Smart. It doesn't have to be recycled like me. Yeah, uh-huh. I was <laughs> thinking about that with our neighbor. He said, "You know, I think everyone's really going to learn what's at the bottom of their freezer." No, <laughs> all this, we're all going like, to. You should right? see what's in mine. You don't want to see it. <laughs> I've had a lot of homemade good stuff in there. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet. I I don't have to worry. 
And I want to thank everybody around here, all you good young people who calling this old lady, Mary, do you need something? I said, no, do you Aww, need something? That's nice. That's very nice. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Yeah, yeah. things like this bring anyway, out the best in us, You eh? all stay safe. You as well. You too, Thanks, Mary. Mary. And we'll talk to you some again. Yep, okay. see you next week. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ah, that's so nice. We have so many. The text line is on fire today. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in and sending in good questions and photos. Uh, Quick one from the text line we had a while back here around hummingbird plants. Which plants attract hummingbirds? And we had chatted a few shows ago about the vermilionaire um, annual, which is uh, hummingbirds don't smell very well, so they really rely on the color, and they love that bright red fuchsia color. So the vermilionaires, again, if you're looking at uh, perennials, you can look at things like bee balms, columbines, uh, foxglove grows well here sometimes, hollyhocks, maybe a little bit better, um, cleomes, impatiens, petunias, fuchsias, no, and then like when that. you get yeah. your annuals, you go, yeah, your fuchsias. Yep. Those are ones that's it's nice because you can bring them close to the house. You have them in your pots, so that way yeah. you get to enjoy if you're just... I get love to hear that those little a, hummers come through. Yeah, I yeah. like that when you're sitting on the, on the patio on a Sunday and you get the hummingbirds come buzzing in around your planters, and, and that's the fun part. So bring yeah. some of those things closer to your patio. You enjoy go. them. And um, hey, Merle, do you know why hummingbirds hum? Just a quick one. Because <laughs> no. they don't know the words. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just had <laughs> trying to keep things light, trying to Very make nice. people laugh. That, yeah. Exactly. That's like a great PG joke. for. The, <laughs> I might have even learned that one from all my right. kiddos. We're going to go all the way down to print it up with Mark Terozo. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Merle. Good morning, Joanna. Morning, Mark. How you guys doing? Good. 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 I'm doing well. Good. Uh, Getting lots of stuff done around the house, lots of early spring cleaning. Mm-hmm. So Maybe it's, uh, you have to get out and prune your trees or what? Or they- <laughs> <laughs> My trees actually are doing really well. They, they look great. I, I do have some spruce trees uh, along the one side of my driveway that need to be dead wooded, but uh, I've been putting them off, but now might be a good time. Yeah, absolutely. But you guys, uh, but for the most part, we're, we're we're following the safe practice and the pruning crew, the arborists are out uh, working for the most part because they're fairly isolated out there in the trees. And yeah, I know you're keeping yep. the crew separated and which is, we're doing everything good, but, and it's a good time of year to do a lot of this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great time. We definitely are taking all the precautions, all of the, the, the conversations needed with the client are done through me, and then I relate through uh, the crew. So we're staying safe that way. You don't need to ring doorbells or anything like that. So, yeah, it's it's going well. Um, yeah, you run yeah, it mainly it, through an app, so a lot of it, they get their bill, they get the quote. It's all done over, over online or email yeah, so, for so the most, most part. People, most people will call in or email for their quote requests. Um, and then I'll come out and do uh, a site uh, inspection. Uh, if there is any special instructions from the clients, like they might want a removal, um, all of that stuff can be done uh, over the phone. I could actually even call uh, when I get to the property um, so I can kind of walk through with the client and answer their questions while I'm in their yard. Um, or if it's just, you know, they want my recommendations, I'll just walk the property uh, and then I'll come back to the office to get it all typed up and sent to them. And if they want to go ahead, we'll send them their their pruning date, and then they, then the crew will just come out and do the work. Awesome. And uh, for the most part, what? So when you're out looking for what needs to be done at this time of year, 
I know I've has a walking with my son. We went for t- took our dogs. My wife Carolyn had ank. She's actually kind of lucky. She had ankle surgery, so she was isolated anyways. So now she has all of us with her. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not sure if she's happy or not. But anyways, went for a walk and I I test the kids. I'm driving. Jaden was with me earlier in the day. We went for a drive up to to Olds actually, and uh, there's a big stand of golden willow. So I said, "What? What's that?" And right away she goes, "That's a willow." Yay. And then uh, <laughs> we we're walking through my neighborhood, and unfortunately, there's some Schuberts and one big black knot on them. Like, Derek, what's that? <laughs> black knot. So they're learning as we walk. So which is uh, which? So but that is one of one of the things that people should be looking for right now. Yeah, hundred percent. We actually had uh, a client send in some pictures when the crew was out working this week. Uh, they the the family had done a little a lesson on trees and stuff while the while the crew was working. So it's uh, it's nice to see that people are, are thinking. Yeah, about that the was trees. awesome. Yeah, one of the neighbors sent us the pictures and that was very nice. They did a little class with the kids about trees cool. and things like that and, and they mm-hmm. send pictures of your crew up in the up in the bucket truck. But what also elm trees, what what should people be looking for in that? So we only have this week to get those prunes. So you want to get the deadwood out and any clearance that that's going to be needed, um, you know, because there's a provincial pruning ban that gets placed on April 1st. So uh, we definitely follow all the rules that we need to spread Dutch elm disease. Um, so it, pretty much right now, this time of year, when you're walking through your yard, you just want to, go through and figure out what your goals are going to be for this season. You know, do you need, because right now it is easier for us to see the structure of the tree. Um, So you got to kind of ask yourself, is this tree getting too big? Is this tree too close to the house? Was this tree maybe uh, when they did the landscape design years and years ago, they didn't expect the tree to get that good. Is this uh, that big? Is this the time to take it out? So you just got to walk through uh, if something doesn't seem right, it's probably not right. So it's good to have us come out and take that look. But uh, just figure out what your goals are for this year, and and just get that planned out, kind of like how you do in your house. You know, figure out what you what's important to you and, and what what those goals are. Yeah, and some of the things are um, dead, damaged, and disease branching. Is yep. what, just go back to basics, right? Do the three Ds. Those are the yep. things that, for the most part. Um, that you're going to be looking for because when you go into spring and it's been good for our trees, we've had the the big uh, snow on the ground throughout the whole winter. So we should hopefully see a lot more or a lot less desiccation, I, I, I think, on on a lot of our new trees. I know, again, through our neighborhood, a couple of the landscape projects that we had done, I was just checking them out yesterday. And some of the big spruce trees that we put in on one of them, um, they look fabulous because they've they've had the good snow cover, the moisture in the fall. So some some good positives for that. So get the trees looked after, get rid of that dead, damaged, disease branching. Yeah, and when we change to put like for real spring here, just make sure you're doing lots of watering and kind of get on on page for that yeah and you guys are setting up all the deep root injections for doing it for any of the pesticide um birch leaf miner things like that and as well as the deep root fertilizing correct? Yep, all that's going to be sent up here so just uh it's just like your lawns when you when you fertilize your lawns twice a year you should be doing your trees as well uh there's some big benefits for doing that the healthier you keep your trees the the less problems they'll have. Uh, regular pruning is, is part of that maintenance and 
and fertilizing and watering. So all of that stuff's super important. Yeah. And I had a text in from uh, one of our listeners, sent a picture of a uh, uh, Ohio Buckeye that was planted. Um, it looks, they don't got a lot of structure, but typically that, that wouldn't be one you would tip. I, like we kind of, Joanna and I were talking on some of that. All I would look for, newly planted trees is crisscrossing branches, things that are rubbing thing at that point. If you have a nice, healthy, young tree, yep. or that's kind of what you're looking for. Raising uh, the canopy if you need to, you know, get under there for maintenance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's actually more important to prune when the trees are, are new, uh, because you you prune them for the future, so you know the the better you can get that structure of the tree younger, uh, you know keeping it the, the right size for your property, all of that stuff is, is now is the time to do it. It's so true, and like in this Ohio Buckeye, there's two lower branches that could probably come off because um, they are quite low. But I know one of our nurseries a couple years ago, about four or five years ago, had switched their pruning practice to more city boulevard, not retail pruning. And I'm just going, what did you do to all our trees? Because <laughs> yeah. it was just, but that's like like you were saying, they did it at a state where you, where it gets that two or three year flush. So it's really important where you are doing that pruning on new trees, making sure the bud is facing the right way. And that's, you kind of have mm-hmm. to read the future when you're doing the pruning. Yeah, 100%. And also know the tree. Like in Ohio, Buckeye has a bit of a, like a round crown to it. So it's worth it as a landscape designer. We're always looking to what the plant will do in maturity, just so that we're setting our clients up for success. And 100%. I think just know the tree. If you know what it's going to look like in its in its mature state, then you can kind of start to guide it that way with with your pruning practices early on. Yeah, and, yeah. and we have we have the staff down at Spruce It Up to to educate you on on that, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of guide you for the future. And that it that it really becomes that market so important. Like if you're dealing, like try to go to your independent garden centers. We're, we're fortunate; we have some great ones here in Calgary. And if you're in the far north, like you got the guys up at Bluegrass and Plantation. And uh, there's a new one out in Canmore that this opened up Bow Valley. Um, Craig and uh, Christine have been in the business a long time. Obviously, Cochrane, you got anything grows, and then us at Spruce It Up and Greengate. We're lucky. Like, we, we have some good people in our business. Um, yep. that support them. Um, we're, I know we're all trying to prepare. We don't know what spring is going to bring, um, but that's where you get your knowledge, right? And uh, and nothing better than to talk about gardening. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, it makes, you, agree more. makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. You know? We're yeah. lucky. I'm a, I like people ask me like, do you do you like going to do the show on Sunday morning? I I love it. Like. Could spend a little time with Joanna, of course. Yay, that's, that's always good, fun. That's a good point. <laughs> but I, it's what <laughs> I do. Gardening. Like, yeah. who gets to do? Who gets to go on the radio? Talk about a business they love, and uh, talk with great people. And uh, so I, I'm always. I find it very fortunate that I'm able to do this program and uh, love to share our knowledge. And I learn something all the time. Like I, people send me in things that keeps me keeps me thinking. So. I love it, and uh, and, uh, and thanks to guys like you calling in, Mark, and helping us out and running a great a crew problem. out there. And so if you guys need any pruning, give Mark a shout at Prune It Up. They're, they're going to keep rolling right through this, um, and it's a great time to get any of your pruning done, and thanks for supporting our local business. All right, thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Thanks, Paul. Take care, Thanks, Joanna. Yep, Bye. thank you. All right. And we are going to take a break. You're listening to uh, Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Prune It Up, Calgary's trusted ISA certified tree care company. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And up and down the trees they go. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's go to the phone line. We're going to go to Sue. Good morning, Sue. Yes. Um, I was calling. My son has a shelter belt okay. of trees yep. on his laneway. They're poplar. That the, We've had a moose that has eight, like, <laughs> I mean, I called your uh, spruce it up, and they said, you know, if they've ate right around, of course they're going to die. Yeah, if they've gotten into the cambium layer, like if they've shredded it right off, there is a product we can apply. Um, we clean up the wounds. It's called lac balsam. Right. I've got some of that. I mean, this is a huge, you know, yeah. a number of them. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Sometimes those moose, when they get going, they can get a little crazy. Yeah, and it's it's a wounded one, so she stays around a lot. Now, I know if we if they die, uh, could we just cut it off at the ground and put another one beside, or would you have to dig it right out? If they're larger poplars, we need to dig they're it 10 out. Ten years old. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's that you're right at the cusp. It's hard to say on, but that's typically the poplars have a fairly big root system, especially if you want it right in the same vicinity. Spot. Yeah, and you're gonna have to dig the hole anyways. But you, yeah, you'll get in there with a backhoe or a tree spade or a bobcat of some sort okay. and, and dig out. And well, if you're going right beside it, you might as well remove the stump, and then that way it'll get rid of any suckering and things like that, and oh, let, right. the, let the new tree do its thing. Okay. That's great. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, no, and uh, and most, like I said, when we do planting, we we do that. We just call it we just call it uh, the bed rejuvenation or soil rejuvenation as well. We'll bring in, dig out all the roots, haul that away, and then we bring in a nice some loam, put that in there, and plant the tree, and away you go. Get over again. Okay, thanks very much. You're then. very welcome. Yep, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. Do you have any text there you want to read out there, Yeah, um, one just came in. I'm uh, enjoying this one. It's talking about elderberries, so okay. Sambucus nigra, which grows um, pretty well in our eastern provinces yep. um, where it's a, a little bit warmer and they're not dealing with Chinooks. So they're asking about... Um, first of all, long-time listener, they live in an apartment, um, so probably wishing they had a bit more space to play with, but, uh, thanks for listening and, and tuning in and texting. Um, so asking about the elderberry, the Sambucus nigra, which ones, um, grow the best here in zones three? And, um, we, unfortunately it it is, um, one of my interests is edible landscaping and I like to incorporate not just the aesthetics, but the the cultural importance of a lot of plants. And if, I mean, if you can plant a beautiful plant and eat something from it, like all the better. So elderberry can be one of those shrubs for us here. Um, We plant a lot of black lace, black beauty, uh, the lemon lace. These are all ornamental types. So you're not going to get... the old green elder. The green elder, the um, European reds. uh, Those are are important fruiting shrubs, but not for human use. So those are more for songbirds. Um, Yeah. So... All right. We got to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm here with Joanna Chudy. Good morning. Happy spring, everyone. It's technically spring. Yes. Right? It started on Thursday. It was yeah. earlier this year because of the, the leap year. And it looks like we have a couple days of 
of a little bit winter un- weather. Yeah, <laughs> and then it looks like it's gonna we're gonna get into the melt. So again, uh, just be careful out there. But you should be able to get out in the yard in a couple of weeks here yeah. and uh, get the lawn going. Get some greened up lawn fertilizer on there. There you go. Do a little pruning. Tidy up the trees. Kinds of fun stuff. You can start to even once this, if you have portions of your yard where the snow is gone, have a look. And if you know pretty well what you know, if you didn't get to things in the fall, now is a good time. You can clean things out, get things ready. Um, hopefully, we're still allowed to go outside and and you know, of course, work in our yards. But beyond our property lines, I'm not sure. But do it now while we have the time and yeah, the weather's no, okay. Right? I think we'll be able to be outside I think so and. Too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we should have the nicest yards in uh, ever. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> All right, let's go to the phone line. We're going to chat with Myrna. Good morning, Myrna. Good morning. How good are morning. you? Oh, pretty good. How can we help you? Uh, well, I have two poinsettias. Okay. One is the old red one. I've probably had about six or seven years, and I managed to get that one to come um, back in bloom, whatever you call it, by Christmas time. And then about... Three years ago, my husband bought me a new one, and it's called a red glitter yep. eek or eeky or whatever. How, I don't know how you pronounce it. Yeah, that's the there's a it's there's there's a couple different names. There's a red and white sort of white spots on it. Yes. Yeah, some of them are called jingle bells. Um, the red glitter. So it yeah. depends. Yeah. They sort of created a few different names for them. Yeah, and this is the red glitter. Okay. So I've I've treated both of the poinsettias exactly the same. The old one was gray. It came by by all nice and red at Christmas. The red glitter one was nice and green at Christmas. Uh, very healthy. And about a month and a half ago, when the new foliage started coming out, yeah. that is coming out red and white. Yeah, it's probably reverting back so you're still getting some color, which is a little bit unusual, which is good, though. Mm-hmm. So what, what it does is, so a lot of those are bred into them, and when they get, they'll, a lot of times they'll grow out of their, they'll revert back to what they were originally. So what do I do with this now? Like, do I cut it back? Um, no, it, it'll keep reverting back because... Um, that's just sort of how hybriding works. It's kind of a weird thing. If it starts reverting back, it's hard to control it. Unless you were to take tissue culture of the exact one when it is in that jingle bell stage or the or the the sparkle stage or which, whichever name it was. Um, it, it's kind of a weird thing what plants will do and when we're kind of messing with them to do different colors, uh, they will revert back to their original state. And that's same there's a one that's a really popular like a split leaf philodendron right now if you can get a variegated one and if you just leave it it'll revert back to the original um monstera split leaf but if you have a tissue culture they called tie constellation where they're they're they start they've started them from the tissue culture of the when it's been variegated it'll stay variegated for its lifetime so i just leave it and just let it do its yep. thing go back and enjoy it <laughs> let it do its thing and just uh Absolutely. And should I put it out in the summer like I do with my other one? Yeah, how do you how do you typically get it to rebloom? Uh well I cut it back probably any time now. Yep. And stick it outside for the summer and then I bring it in the end of August, beginning of September. Yep. And the first of October I just put a black garbage bag over it. Okay. And I just 
um, you know, take it off in the morning, put yep. it on at night. and Sort of do the t- uh, 12 and 12 or yeah. whatever? Perfect. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, by Christmas it's red. That's perfect. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people, uh, and you have to be fairly diligent with it. Like, you have to do yeah. it every day. Otherwise, yeah. if you mess it up, it uh, it will. That's why a lot of local garden centers, we don't grow. We leave the growing to the growers. Okay. We're just, it's hard for us to to to, to do that uh, isolation of them in the darkness and the light um, when you're trying to run a retail store as well. So. Right. So a lot of us, we work with growers now and all that fun stuff. Well, congratulations, Myrna. I'm glad you're able to, to get that to bloom. A lot of people don't get there. Hey, Joanna? Yeah, it's a, it's a Christmas thing, and then they often get forgotten about, right? So to oh, keep yeah. them alive and, and love them beyond their their holiday show showiness is is yeah, a special sure. gift. Good I always, job. Lo- yeah. I always love when you go into re- go into restaurants and you see them left over from Christmas. Oh, it's so and sad. Yeah. They don't even get watered anymore. <laughs> yeah, they're tucked it's so in the sad. Yeah. They're still alive. They still need our love. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks, Marina. Okay, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. If you'd like to join us, the phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And uh, we were chatting earlier about uh, some things that you could do, and we just sort of started on our list, and yeah. we mentioned. So we, and we did talk about this, but start some seeds. Yeah. And there's nothing more like satisfying when you start seeing. But again, and and this is where it gets tempting. You get into a into a garden center and you hit that seed rack and you're just oh, like, man. whoa, kid in a candy store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot. But sort of like try a few of each. Like try a couple. Yeah. If you, if you really like lettuce or if you like carrots or mm-hmm. and. Follow us on on the Facebook and Instagram this coming week. I'm going to put some into seed trays, into these pods, and just follow along um, with what we're doing and uh, see what we can get growing. But I would... uh yeah, pick things that you like. Like if you yeah. love Caesar salad, grow some romaine lettuce. Exactly. Pick what your plant, what you're going to eat, what your family likes to eat, and then read the back of the seed seed packet um, or ask the staff there at the garden center. Right now, things like peppers, tomatoes, um, eggplants, celery, uh, leeks, long season vegetables are the ones that you're going to want to get in now before March is up. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Are you doing the phone line score? Just- oh. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, you're sort of looking at, um, you know, and then in another couple of weeks, you can look at things like longer season winter squash, pumpkins, things like that. Yeah, um, and right now is a good time if you're doing uh, bulbs, yeah, your dahlias. Bulbs. Yeah, we've had a couple of texts come in around people are planting their cannas, and another gal was doing some work with her begonias, um, wondering how to water them. So yeah. once you first plant them, they don't need a whole lot of water right away. I always, always, when I, I always get good memories when I start thinking about bulbs because when when we were growing everything ourselves um, back at the Sunnyside days, we would plant all our own tuberous begonias and we'd put them into a four-inch pot and uh, you put the bulb in and put a little bit of soil over top. We'd mm. run the soil over in the trays three-quarters full yep. and Tap then put them. the bulbs in and then run it through the machine again to fill them up again um, just to top them up. Um, nice. Same with our gladiolas. Isn't we put it those. satisfying? I don't know, and that's why I, I, I was very fortunate to work in a business where I get to grow a lot mm-hmm. of things. It built my passion for this, so I um, I appreciate what I what I did in the past and mm-hmm. uh, and to be able to grow. And it drives the people at work nuts because I, I have that 
I mean the plants are connected. Mm-hmm. And when they're dry, they almost send a signal to me. <laughs> Everyone hates it because I'll find the one dry plant in the greenhouse. Well, there's, a, there's zillions of them in there. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah something's no, bound to get missed. But, yeah, they do all need, especially our hot, you know, our hot house stuff right now that all the tropicals yep. really need um, good attention. There's but, a couple of texts in here um, talking about planting things and what we can do right now while we're all home. Yep. Uh, two questions around succulents. First, uh, how do you repot them? And then another one about uh, propagating them. So we could, uh, do we have time for that? Or do yeah, you there's probably two of the easiest ones. Actually, we should probably take a break and then we'll yep. come back and okay. we'll get to Start those. Yep. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines. We're going to chat with Steve. Good morning, Steve. Well, good morning, Merle. How are you? I'm doing slow. Hey, listen, man, right off the bat, you blow Barry Erskine right out the water. You <laughs> <laughs> well, no disrespect, but yeah, thank you so much. Enjoy doing it. Lots of fun. Like I said, I, I'm fortunate I get to talk about something I'm passionate about. So well, very fortunate. Well, that's a grand thing, man. I mean, that, that's, that's positive as heck. Absolutely. <laughs> it is. Hey, listen, my friend, I just wanted to remind everybody out there something you've taught me over the years. Yeah. Don't rake up too early, guys. Let, yep. the la- let the ladybugs come out first. There's nothing worse than filling your bags up full of your yard waste and seeing all those ladybugs coming out there. They're not doing any good going to a landfill. They're going for recycling. You're, you're right there, Steve. And that's, there's a couple times of the year where I say procrastination is a good thing, right? You've taught um, me that, my friend. Yeah, let it. And, and then when it's frozen, you got to let the bugs come out, let it do its thing. There's no reason what you could still throw on your fertilizer if you want. It'll, it'll work its way. I'm always amazed at how after you fertilize, how quick it disappears. Like you'll see it on top of the, the lawn for a day or two, and then it's just gone. You think, how does it do that? Like, <laughs> well, I've got my neighbors, they get the uh, weed man in every year yep. on both sides, and they always do the uh, fertilizing. Myself, I always get two great big bags of the gold soil yep. uh, from uh, from down there at uh, uh, Eagle Lake yep. and get it delivered. And then I, I, I go and I put wheelbarrows all over the lawn, around my trees, and I get on my knees. And I do it all by hand. And, uh, hey, you know what, Steve? And then I reseed. Actually, you know what? I'm going to give you a bag of that. Hey, Since you're the you one go. that brought it up. Nice. Oh. Yeah, we actually were supposed to give away a bag, uh, and just uh, that just brought it to my memory. So, uh, congratulations to you, Steve. Oh, you guys are so nice, man. I see can't even all those you. nice things you said about me. See uh, it comes full <laughs> circle oh, real quick. Well, listen, man, I listen to your show every single weekend. Have never ever missed a show. Even in the summertime, I'm outside sitting down having a cold beer. And I'll, I'll sit there with the transistor radio and listen to you guys. Well, I'm you don't you don't hear that very often anymore. Transistor. Everything's on digital <laughs> over your phone or, or online nowadays. So Hey, listen, buddy. If I could get in a time tunnel and go back to Fonzie's <laughs> garage, I'd do it in two seconds. No kidding. No kidding. So I'm just going to put you on hold, Steve, and Gord's going to get your info. And uh, and that's from our good friends down at Eagle Lake Landscape Supply, the big yellow bag guys. Uh, thank you so much. And, I thank uh, you, guys. All I right. mix their Coke machine all the time in there. Perfect. Here you go. Uh, thanks, guys. Take care. All right, and I'm going to go to Marlies. Good morning, Marlies. Oh, hi. I had to phone. Okay. <laughs> I had to phone. I listened to the lady yeah. with the poinsettia. Yeah. And I have to tell you, and this is the truth, 
my poinsettia I, uh, my daughter gave me a few years ago from her workplace anyway since then it blooms every all year round and you told me uh, a while ago that pants if they bloom like my Diefenbach yeah. <laughs> yep. years ago it's stressed so would you say this poinsettia is stressed I know I put a few uh, cacti cuttings uh, around it and I don't know if that's it or and, uh, and but you're getting blooms without putting it into darkness and that Nothing. It's on the west, southwest side. Yeah. So what? So around uh, in November, early November, even into October, sort of eight weeks before Christmas. It, it blooms ev- throughout. There is no day where there is no red bloom. Wow. So you just it just keeps going for you. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand. I do have uh, been cutting a few old little stems i thought they were not great so but it's blooming and now it's beautiful i don't know that's well you're just doing the right thing just enjoy it and so it's not stressed no it's just a anomaly like that's it's just it's just it's (laughs) this staying in the zone so on those ones it's tough right like to say why but i would just sit back and enjoy it whatever you're doing it's liking it Oh, yeah. Yeah, my daughter, whenever she comes, she says, oh, it's blooming. I said, yeah, still blooming. Awesome. Okay, thank you, guys. Thank you Have so a much. Good Sunday. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And let's go to Bev. Good morning, Bev. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Well, I'm okay. I should have been in a little earlier, so I could have got the... The soil for my <laughs> well, keep, keep posted. I know. Uh, I think we're going to be doing it for a couple of weeks. I think that's just typically the annual big yellow. And I always like to joke that's sort of another sign of spring when you start seeing the big yellow bags pop up yep. around town. It's <laughs> yeah. sort of like the tulips. That's right. <laughs> um, anyway, I have an orchid here, and of course they have the big long stem when yep. you get them with the bloom on them. Yep. On that stem now, I have two. More th- uh, two things protruding out quite long. I'm going to say about five, six inches. Yeah. And I thought they were going to be blooms, but now I've seemed to have leaves coming out on that on that bloom stem. Yep. And that's what you'll do. Those are just called. They're just little pops, like little babies. So that. And I just I left mine for about six months. I end up with three or four of them on there. Yeah. And I waited until they got roots on them, and you'll. So you just have to leave them grow on there. And and then you'll start, eventually you'll start seeing roots coming off of those little babies. Okay. And then at that point, you can cut them off and transplant them into into your uh, orchid pot. So right now I put three more of the babies into the, with the big plant. Okay. So I'm hoping I'll get, because you really don't have a lot of roots on your orchids. Yeah. So you can put quite a few of them in a pot together and they don't mind that. Okay. And then that, my thought is, that way I can try and get them blooming at different times and I should be able to get plants uh, to get, I can enjoy blooms all year round. Right on. It looks like perhaps maybe there was a little bit of a uh, uh, root on the one. Yeah, so just leave it for a while. I, like I said, I almost left mine probably for close to six months. Yeah. Oh, I it, think mine's been six months. Okay. Yeah. No. When you start seeing roots about an inch long or so, oh. I would just I would just let it do its. At that point, you can cut them off of the of off of the flower stem, but then still leave the flower stem because then it it should produce more blooms as long as it hasn't turned brown. Oh, 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds good. So, and just um, so if there's not big enough to put in the pot, can I just put it in another yeah. pot with whatever? Yeah, yeah. You can either use the the like a rock, or you could use orchid bark or whatever. Typically, you're using some moss in your for your orchids, whatever you prefer that you're using. That would okay. be great. Awesome. Okay, I'll be patient. Thanks, Bev. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I just got to take a quick break. You're listening to uh, Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. We're going to take our last call of the day. We're going to go to Joyous. Joyce, not Joyous. Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to sing your name. You so might be joyous. I've been called a lot of things, but not joyous. <laughs> well, good morning, good Joanna. Good morning, good morning. Uh, hi, Merle. Hi. <laughs> Everybody says hi, Merle, but we forget Joanna. Ah, yeah, thanks, we Joyce. can't forget about Joanna. That makes me feel joyous. Yeah, there you go. Joyous. <laughs> how, called, how can we I, help you this morning? I won't even tell you what I've been called. Anyway, <laughs> Hoya. Yes. My daughter cut mine. Okay. Took it home. Yep. Stuck it in a pot. Yep. Guess what? It's growing. It's budding. Very yeah, nice. they they actually those are ones that are fairly easy to propagate. And Joanna and I were talking about this off, like when you're dealing with a lot of the succulents. Yeah, they they are similar to that where they're they're fairly easy to to propagate. So well, my plant still isn't blooming. It's great. They're like growing like crazy. Are you giving it lots of light? Yes. Because the the Hoya does like lots of light. And it gets lots of light, but it just won't bloom. But she took it home and she showed me a picture. Here, Mom, I know. Ah, uh, thanks. <laughs> and have you, um, um, do you feed yours at all? A bit, yes. Okay. Again, you want to use the high middle number oh, yes. and bright light. So like yeah. a 15, 30, 15 um, will definitely help get it back into blooming stage. And then the light. Yeah, it's been years, and then I was told to transplant it, and I did, and it didn't make a difference. Yeah, that should help, because I know I did a, a lipstick plant, and it just went like crazy. But then I, I, I just started feeding. I sort of do it every two or three weeks, oh, yeah. with, and it makes a big difference. I just went through a big blast of red blooms on my lipstick plant. So. Oh, yes. Yep. Cool. All righty? All righty. Thanks, Joyce. Okay, well, you have a good week, and yep. stay healthy. You Thanks, too. you, too. Thank okay. you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, and here's one more question on the on the text line. Hello, what happens when the orchid stem dies? My plant is very large, and my stem died one year ago, and now have over 50 breathers, and my leaves are getting bigger. Do I just wait for a new stem? It typically, that one, and it looks like you could probably transplant it, uh, Pamela. You're getting lots of uh, roots. It's pushing out of that pot. So you could probably put that into another pot or just pull all that out and then replace it back in there. And they do need to get fed. It does help them. You can use a 15-30-15 if you don't have a particular orchid food. That one works great. And and bright light, and then you should start seeing some bloom. Just watch you're not feeding it too much nitrogen, and and sometimes if you're getting lots of blooms or lots of leaves, sorry, you're, you're maybe feeding it with a little bit of, of nitrogen. So that's I would just be careful on that. And do you have any ideas for the best bird feed? Absolutely, we we definitely recommend using the the sunflower kernels. Um, there's no waste. Um, it's a well all purpose. Um, we carry. Um, Brad, the bird man, brings in the best bird seed in uh, <laughs> in Calgary for all the birds here. So if you go down to Spruce, and we will have all that online as well in our bird section. 
um, that you can order for a curbside or for delivery. We'd be more than happy to get you guys through all that. And again, uh, thanks for joining us today from Joanna and I. It's uh, just stay safe. As they say, wash your hands, do a little thing, keep your distance from everybody. And and that's, uh, let's just all... Wash your hands, cancel your plans, take care of one another. Let's all be diligent and do our thing. So, all right, take care, everybody. Till next week, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.